welcome to episode 24 of Welcome to Primetime. I'm Anthony. And I'm Holly. And we have lots to talk about today. Uh, we've watched a crazy amount of movies in the past uh, like week or two. And so um, hopefully we can tell you about some that you haven't seen before and can make your uh, quarantine a little bit more enjoyable, maybe. A little spicier. A little spicier. <laughs> that could be taken out of context. Oh, well. <laughs> well. We had a spicy quarantine. <laughs> but um, with cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so we um we have a lot of older um, noir stuff that we watched and then some horror stuff and we watched Parasite and we're finally gonna talk about it. <laughs> and yeah, we watched a lot of good stuff and then um then we went to the drive in theater last night, uh, it finally opened back up and so we saw a couple of movies there last night, which we'll get to towards the end of the episode. Um, but we have a lot that we're going to talk about in this episode. So um, to kind of keep it a reasonable length, we're going to um, there's four movies that we're just kind of briefly discuss. And then the others we'll kind of dive a bit more into. And um, so the first one is called The Woman in the Window, and it is an older uh, noir movie that... Uh, from 1944 and it's directed by Fritz Lang and uh, it is about a conservative middle-aged professor and he kind of gets involved in the uh, with this woman and um, he is plunged into a uh, sort of like blackmail scheme and they frame him for murder and things like mm-hmm. that and um, it stars um, Edward Thompson as Professor Professor Richard Wainley and Joan Bennett as Alice Reed. The and woman in the window. The woman in the window, exactly. And, um, yeah, honestly, I don't remember. We watched this one a couple of weeks ago, and I don't remember a tremendous amount about it, so I'll let you kind of... Yeah, I really enjoyed this um, because it just kind of is the sum of kind of like the anxious mind and how if this happens, this could happen. If this happens, then Mm -hmm. this next thing happens and things really snowball super quickly for this uh, married man who is pining over this woman that he sees in a painting in the window um, and he meets her in person in his fantasy, sort of. Um, I really liked it. It has a great twist end. that nowadays would probably be something that you're like, oh, this cliche again. Mm-hmm. But for its time, it was probably really shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. I um, I tend to enjoy uh, Fritz Lang movies. Um, I, I've seen several that he's done. Um, trying to remember, I'm kind of losing it on the losing the titles. Uh, While the City Sleeps, we watched that one together. Mm-hmm. Um, the Big Heat. That he did is really really good. Um, I feel like that's he also directed the most known one. Yeah, the big heat, mm-hmm. and um, he also did House by the River, um, Scarlet Street, of course, Woman in the Window that we're talking about now. Um, yeah, he does a lot of really cool um, noir stuff, and uh, the the big heat is one that I watched and um, really really enjoyed and um, had he I think he kind of pushed the boundaries a lot of what you could um, kind of get away with nothing like risque or, or mm-hmm. overly violent, but just a lot, he all, he seems to kind of deal with like a lot of mental health um, mm-hmm. issues and stuff, yeah. and which I thought was kind of cool, especially for the time, you know, oh, in the yeah. 40s and the 50s and things mm-hmm. like that. So 
yeah, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed um, I enjoyed Woman in the Window. I thought it was good, and um, I wish I remembered a little bit more to talk more in depth about it. But I feel like we watched so much in the past couple of weeks, and a lot of what we watched was like older noir movies, and yeah. they've kind of started to run together at this point. We've been <laughs> on a real noir kick. <laughs> we have. We got a stack of them over there that we need to watch too. But speaking of which, our next one that we watched um, is called The Night Stalker. And I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably my favorite music out of all the movies that yeah. we've watched since our last um, movie haul podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't like lists of best quarantine movies or best movies of all time, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it follows this reporter who's really pushy. His name is Carl Kolchak. Yeah, that's right. He was, uh, yeah. He's really pushy, um, and he's really trying to get to the bottom of these um, series of murders that he believes um, have been committed by a vampire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, nobody believes him. Absolutely Um, They're in Las Vegas, and they're like, we're not going to shut down the whole city of Las Vegas because of... What you, you know, what you think is a vampire and it's clearly a man and it's just a matter of time until we catch him and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the the murders keep happening, the bodies keep piling up. And then um, the, they're basically they, they finally end up saying, like, OK, we will we'll let you, you know, we'll let you in on the investigation and we'll let you try to help um, help us to stop this person. And we'll say that it's a vampire. Um, but they give him these conditions if he's wrong, and uh, I won't spoil those. Um, yeah, there's a really great twist at the end. Yeah, um, as in all noirs. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool. It's it got some very jazzy, funky '70s upbeat kind would, of uh, like intro music and and the whole great. score throughout. We actually watched. Uh, there's a Kino Lorber Blu-ray that has some um, some special features, and they interviewed the composer of the score and everything, and he. He was like 90-something years old when they interviewed him, and he was just talking about his process and everything. He was very, like, no-nonsense, but also kind of playful yeah. at the same time. You know, they were like, people, he said, people ask me where this melody came from. I was like, I don't really know what to tell you. There's not a process. It just, it just I happened. was watching <laughs> it, and I was like, this this little uh, trombone line sounds perfect for this scene that's happening and it just happens (laughs) that's exactly how he explained it yeah and i think a lot of times you know um when when film scores and um any creative process is forced you can really tell in the product Mm -hmm. um i I really liked it a lot yeah i liked it too um looking forward to checking out so if you decide to go down the uh the night stalker uh rabbit hole there are um there's another movie uh, called The Night Strangler, which is the sequel. And both of these are made-for-TV movies, um, and they're surprisingly good made-for-TV yeah, movies. they are. Although we haven't watched the sequel, but uh, there the second one is The Night Strangler, and there's also a TV series called uh, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, and it's 20 episodes. It aired from 1974 to 19, 1975. And uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for some, some cool uh, investigative sort of, like, uh, like a crime series or crime movies with a little bit of a supernatural twist to it it's pretty cool and uh it's very short too it was an hour and 14 minutes long so Mm -hmm. it's really easy to get through and um yeah so the night stalker Mm -hmm. and uh so next up on our list um we've been kind of making our way through the the uh original ringu series uh which if you don't know that is the uh the movies that 
were remade into The Ring uh, here in America. And Ringu 2, um, I feel like relied heavily on... Um, you. I mean, of course, it's a sequel, but I really, really relied heavily on you having seen um, the first Ringu. And it really didn't recap anything for you either. It didn't. And it's been a few months since we watched the first one, so I was kind of like trying to catch up I felt like I felt like it was a few paces behind where I should have been the whole time we were watching it you turned into one of those tv dads who's that yeah what's happening why are they doing that (laughs) it was kind of hard to keep up with it I feel like it's one of those like if you decide to watch them you need to watch Ringu and then immediately after you need to watch Ringu too absolutely because it was like it, it just very very like you know you can watch like Halloween 2 and not really had to have seen the first one i mean it makes it definitely makes more sense but it doesn't solely rely on you having seen it it's enjoyable either way well there's so many characters in the ring you yeah i feel like you know in halloween it's you know you need to know dr loomis you need to know um michael and you need to know laurie strode mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it and that's it yeah and this, yeah. there's like 40 different characters that we saw in the first half hour of this one so yeah but um it was it was good um had some it, really creepy moments yeah in it there were I some loved. good some good jump scares and mm-hmm. not even really jump scares but more just kind of suspense moments and uh but the plot is basically about uh rico and uh yoichi yoichi uh it says Rico takes Yoichi into hiding when her son begins to display frightening powers. Meanwhile, Mai Takano and the authorities begin a desperate search for them as the mysterious ring curse spreads. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, the first one is definitely better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there was a lot more atmosphere. and um, Plus there's the weird sci-fi element of this. Like, how can we take your telekinesis and put it into a video that kills other people? Yeah, it just it was very I feel like it was very ambitious and like mm-hmm. I, I give him credit for that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just like it was it was a lot to put into an hour and a half long movie. Maybe yeah. if it was longer, yeah. they could have mm-hmm. kind of fleshed some more parts out a little bit better. Yeah, um, I feel like I they th- didn't explain the the science element behind it yeah. really as much. I found myself being really confused as what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, so maybe how. we'll go back and watch them back to back one day. And I know there's. Mm-hmm. There's a third one. I think there's even a fourth one. So maybe we'll just have to marathon the whole series. Yeah, they said the third one was better than the second. Ah, interesting. Um, um that's just what I've heard. I so think so. Maybe we'll we'll marathon that one of these days. We'll see. But yeah, if you decide to watch uh the the Ringu movies, I would suggest at least watching the first two back to back. Um, they're both an hour and a half long, so I feel like it's not terribly long. It's three hours, you can be done with both of them. So. Yeah. We all got a little extra time right now. We sure do. <laughs> so um, moving right along to the last one that we're going to kind of gloss over real quick. Not That's not the right word. Not gloss over, but we're just going to briefly Honorable touch on. Honorable mention. Honorable mention, yeah, I guess. Uh, is one called Crisscross from 1949, and it is directed by Robert uh, Seudmack. I always wonder if I'm saying his name wrong. Um, He's a German. Yeah, he directed one that we really enjoyed called The Spiral Staircase. And uh, I think we both really enjoyed this one, too. Yeah. Um, It's about an armored truck driver and his ex-wife who conspire with a gang um, to have his own truck robbed on the route. And uh, it stars Burt Lancaster. And, um, yeah, it was was really good. Um, There was a lot of of plot twists and... um, some kind of it, I really enjoyed the fact that it was kind of like 
um, it, it kind of sets it up for you at the beginning and it introduces characters and then it kind of like let the main character, um, who is uh, Steve, it kind of let him narrate. Mm-hmm. So it kind of starts off in present day. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to show you like what got us to this situation. Mm-hmm. And um, so they do that through like a lot of flashbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I thought it was really good. It was really well done. It was short and sweet. And um, yeah, one of, I, I feel like uh, Robert has a lot of really good movies. Yeah. And he's another director who kind of, I feel like pushed the boundaries of, of things at, at that time, um, especially in Spiral Staircase. But, you know, that's on a, that's for another episode. But yeah, what were your thoughts on this one? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really like the twisty ending, you know. I'm, I'm kind of becoming a sucker for these noir <laughs> movies and their twists and turns and that kind of stuff. And also, I noticed whenever you were pulling it up on your phone that there was a remake um the underneath from 1995 um which would be interesting to watch i think yeah uh yeah directed by steven soderberg interesting i i think i think noir is a genre that would be really cool to kind of come back and explore again Mm -hmm. um i i just don't know that like the i don't know uh, this might sound really pretentious i hope not but like I, i just wonder if like the modern day audience has the patience well you know i think motherless brooklyn kind of tested those waters a little bit that's true yeah Um, it got some pretty mixed reviews i think people who really enjoy um old cinema and that kind of like classic cinema um the detective narrates the story you know Mm -hmm. um i think they really enjoyed it throw in some dames yeah exactly (laughs) throw in a couple of uh dames (laughs) yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, i think there is an audience for it um but i think so too there's there's typically an audience mm-hmm. for anything really that's true and so i think mm-hmm. that I, it's just not gonna make I, I think it's not gonna make the money that mm-hmm. uh, a major studio would hope for and so you know when you have your uh like marvel superhero movies which are great you know mm-hmm. there's a time and place i feel like for everything and but I just think it would be interesting to have some more, you know, like a like a detective narrating a story and, and it, you know, having some flashbacks and things like that. Just the old, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the old noir cliches and stuff like that I well, think would be kind of fun. We were talking about this after the movie last night about how acting has kind of changed as well. Whereas mm-hmm. before, whenever you had um, your Universal Monsters and... Um, what is his name? House on a Haunted Hill. Oh, Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price-esque actors. It was very, like, theatrical. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that they acted was very, like, you were on a stage. And um, yeah. very dramatic with your expressions and your the way that you enunciated things, you know? Yeah, that's um, true. And all of these noir movies, they kind of, you know, tend to over-enunciate everything they say. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I think um, that acting is very different. Yeah. Um, not that the actors today couldn't replicate that, you know, yeah. some pretty talented actors. And, and, and not even that, like the acting back in the day was was bad or anything, because I, I feel like sometimes people are like the acting was so bad. And it's not it's no. not that it was bad. It's just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if you go watch somebody in a on a play or in a play, rather, um, the acting is going to be different than if they were acting for a camera. Exactly. Um, the energy is going to be different. Because on the stage, you have to yeah. overdo. I, I read and, and I've been told 
as well that the reason the acting was so different in in earlier films is because of um they used to have to overact everything before sound mm. like they used to have to do a lot of like hand gestures and overemphasized like body movements and body language and that kind of spilled over into the the first decade or two of having sound in movies. Mm-hmm. So or movies like, from like the thirties and the forties mm-hmm. and stuff. Like and, Charlie Chapman and his mm-hmm. body humor. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, that it kind of just spilled over into that because that was the way that the actors were trained. Like this is, you know, now we have like, this is the proper way to do things. Yeah. Things and, are more subtle and method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it'd be kind of cool to see a, a noir come back, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, so um, moving right along to one that we have talked about uh, watching forever, and we finally got around to it, and that is... Parasite! (laughs) Parasite. So, finally got around to watching it, and Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy it. It was definitely um, an edge-of-your-seat sort of experience. Like, Mm -hmm. it starts off, and and it's very lighthearted, and then, you know... It kind of gets a little dark and, um, you know, we're going to keep this spoiler free, but um, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like it, it gets dark and you don't really know where it's going. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. It's one of those, the less you know, the better mm-hmm. it is. Because if you if you do a lot of research and you you kind of look up spoilers and things like that, it's not going to have the, the same punch that it would. I oh, feel yeah. like if you if you just go in blind, like it's it really is the, the less you know about it, the better it's going to be when you watch it. And mm-hmm. um. Just a FYI for anybody who is wanting to watch it that doesn't have it, it is on Hulu. Um, so if you have Hulu, you can watch it right now. And um, it, you know, this one best picture at the Oscars and everything. And basically, without giving away anything uh, important, it's about a family who slowly kind of takes the the jobs of. Um, this or works they they kind of get into working for this family and it starts off as the son works for them as a tutor and then um, he gets the sister hired as a therapist mm-hmm. and the and sister then, gets the mother hired as, you know and then the mother gets the father hired and um, soon they they slowly replace the current staff for this wealthy family yeah and um, it's, it's just kind of like a fun little um kind of commentary about social classes and things like that and just more more than anything though it's just really like really entertaining and uh it's one of those movies where you're like oh my gosh what could possibly happen next like yeah we're an hour into it and it's a little over two hours long and you're oh, like oh my gosh like not not that like you want it to end but just mm-hmm. that you know it's like things, what what more could you possibly do and then it just is like oh here yeah. you go <laughs> things are going so well for them mm-hmm. and i was just like where is this gonna drop like you know it's gonna happen but how you yeah. know how is this gonna turn for them it was similar you know? to uncut gems well i think when we were watching it it's like you know okay we're at like a tipping point mm-hmm. and then like what's gonna happen next yeah it was suspenseful in surprising ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was yeah yeah. So it was really good. Um, it it uh, is is a Korean film. Um, it's directed by a man named Bong Joon Ho, and he. Um, I, this is actually the first movie. Actually, I take that back. It is not the first movie I've seen that he's done. Uh, you might know him from a movie called The Host uh, or Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is what I uh, have was the only other film of his that I've watched, um, which is really good as well. And he did um, Akja uh on netflix i think or i think i'm saying that right okja okja maybe i have no idea um but yeah he he's done some pretty good stuff and uh so 
he finally won uh, a Best Picture this year with Parasite. Well deserved. Yeah, so mm-hmm. super good. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would definitely give that one uh, some attention whenever you have a chance if you haven't yet. Yeah. So uh, the next one that we uh, watched is The Dead Zone from 1983. And, um, so you know, this is based on a Stephen King book. There's also a TV series. Um, but we're talking about the movie today with uh, Christopher Walken. And um, basically it is about a man who um, he's in a, in a bad car accident mm-hmm. and he goes into a coma for a long time and he wakes up and he discovers that he, he has these psychic powers uh, to where he can kind of predict or, or see the future rather, um, see events that are going to happen, um, whether it's something that's going to happen in two hours or something that's going to happen in like 20 years. And he does that by touching people. By tu- yeah, by touching mm-hmm. people. And so he kind of, there's this, uh, without going into too much spoiler territory, although it is it is old, mm-hmm. uh, is an older movie, but I um, want to kind of keep it a little spoiler free if we can. Basically, he there's this politician that's running for like mayor or something like that. And, and this guy, he seems a little off kilter. And, um, and after uh, shaking this guy's hand, he discovers that he is a lot more unstable than he appeared to be. And mm-hmm. so he, it, it kind of then becomes a, um, the, the main character, Christopher Walken, um, it, it, he kind of puts himself in harm's way and kind of doesn't really care about his life as much anymore because he wants to make sure that he stops this man. Mm-hmm. And um, so... That's pretty much what it's about. And uh, it, it goes on a journey of his life, and you really kind of feel like you go along with him because it sets up this whole thing of there's like a murderer in town mm-hmm. who's killed like several people, and then he, he kind of helps them solve the murder, and you think it's going to end there, but then it goes like a step further. Yeah. And then another step further. <laughs> so Yeah, um, it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I feel like this one could have definitely been longer. Um, I feel like it, it, so it was like an hour and 40 minutes. I feel mm-hmm. like it easily could have been a – two hour two and a half hour yeah with all the um, content that they put in it mm-hmm. you know i feel like it could have been yeah and so and, and i more. i haven't read the book so i don't know but i feel like you know of course books typically kind of go into more detail anyway mm-hmm. um the only thing that i didn't like about it and again being spoiler free is i feel like um you know it sets up this whole murderer thing at the beginning of the movie and so that's kind of where you think that the movie is going to spend most of its time but then it very quickly moves to the plot with him mm-hmm. and the, the mayor. Yeah. And um, it just kind of, it almost seemed like it, it jumped the gun a little on that. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I said if maybe it was a little bit longer. It could have kind of mm-hmm. had a little bit more um, kind of establishing that and building that up a little bit more. And I think it would have been yeah. like a, almost perfect Yeah. I don't movie. know how closely it follows the, the book. But yeah. if they were going to, you know decide on one thing to focus on i feel like the murderer thing would have been interesting mm-hmm. i think that's what's in the synopsis yeah um and so the other stuff was just kind of surprise but also how does this even tie in with what the movie was about at the beginning yeah and, it definitely know. takes a different turn than you expect yeah and, uh, i know the, 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 the thread that holds it together is the fact that he is a psychic and right he's helping people mm-hmm. um but yeah and it, it was a it was a good movie and um the book has been on my list to, to read for a long time. I, I did I did watch the TV show a little bit. I don't remember a whole lot about it because I was pretty young. Uh, my grandma used to watch it. 
And so I've, I watched episodes here and there with her. And, um, so I never saw the movie and the movie itself has been on my list for a long time too. So finally got around to watching it and I'll, I'm sure I'll check out the book sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, jumping back to our, uh, noir, kick. noir kick here. We've got about three of them in the row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, this one is called, uh, Nightfall and it is from 1956 and it's directed by Jacques Turner. And you might know him from Out of the Past, uh, the Cat, People, Cat People, I Walked with a Zombie, um, all really great movies. And um, so this uh, this movie, Nightfall, um, is about a series of these bizarre coincidences. And this artist finds himself falsely accused of bank robbery and murder. And then he is pursued by the um, police and the real killers. And so it kind of starts off where... He goes into a diner and he meets this girl and they start talking and um, he they end up doing the the uh, your favorite thing that they do in noir movies where they oh order drinks goodness. and then they leave immediately. Yeah, that's a thing that's been in every single movie that we've watched mm-hmm. from noir and I get so like first world angry at it. <laughs> She's like, like why just, do they order drinks why? and then just leave immediately? Every <laughs> they do. Time? They, they reorder. Do. They either reorder another round mm-hmm. or they order a drink. And then as soon as the drink is delivered, or sometimes the drink doesn't even get there, they just get up and leave. Yep. You know? Drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny. So, yeah. Um, so what do you think of this one? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I felt really bad for the main character the whole time, you know, when I was wondering, you know, like, how can he redeem himself? Like, he has nothing to do with anything, you know? Um, These people just decided to make his day bad, you know? Yeah, he's he's basically just kind of of camping, and... um, him and his friend who's a doctor they're they're camping in uh i forget where is it montana somewhere wyoming Wyoming. Mm -hmm. and um they're just kind of camping and these guys um wreck their wreck their car and they go and try to be good samaritans and it totally backfires Mm -hmm. on them and uh they end up getting held at gunpoint to um to go back to their campsite and they uh the doctor has like this this uh, bag there at the campsite and the the robbers get it confused mm-hmm. and they end up taking off with the the doctor's bag and they leave the bag full of cash there with the mm-hmm. uh the two people and then they uh, think our main character is dead mm-hmm. main character wakes up finds the doctor's bag goes to get something sees that there's like a hundred grand in cash mm-hmm. and runs off with it so his 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 thought behind that is that if he can bring the cash to the police and say um you know, hey, I found I, this is because they, they don't believe him. Basically, mm-hmm. they don't believe that these um, people came in and tried to hurt him and everything. And um, that they, they stole the cash. They're kind of trying to blame the whole thing on him. And he's like, if I can bring this bag full of cash to the police and get them to, you know, to prove that this is the, the money that was taken from the mm-hmm. bank, I'll be clear. My name will be clear. And uh, so the police are after him and the killers are after him. The robbers are after him. And so this insurance uh, yeah. guy is after him. He works for the bank. So mm-hmm. it makes his plans to get the cash to the police a little bit more complicated because <laughs> everywhere he goes, he's being tailed by yeah. somebody. And then of course, because it's noir, there's like a love story just thrown in mm-hmm. there. Three day romance, <laughs> you know, Hey, we know each other for two hours. We should get married. Basically. Um, so yeah. That's what me and Holly do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, it's a, it is a cool one. Um, that one is, again, is called Nightfall and it is, uh, directed by Jacques Turner. Mm-hmm. 
So we got uh, two more noir movies for you. We really have been on a noir kick, like Holly said. Um, yeah. The next one um, was one that I picked from our yeah. local video stores catalog. Um, it's called Dark Mirror, um, and it is about twin sisters. Um, and one is a sociopath and the other is not. Mm-hmm. And it's also directed by Robert. I think it's Soydmax. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Same guy who mm-hmm. did, um, I believe, uh, The Woman in the Window. Yes. Yes, he did. It was really, it was really great. I didn't know where it was going to go. Um, I really liked the, the twin sister thing. And the twin sisters do this funny thing throughout the whole thing where they wear this necklace mm-hmm. with their name on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Like uh, what Holly was saying, that this guy is, is found murdered and um, the the witness, is, the witness um, is convinced that... Uh, it's this it's this woman and mm-hmm. they get the police go to interrogate her and she has an alibi and she has an alibi mm-hmm. and then they kind of start saying well then it was your sister it was you or your sister and she's like you know i'm not confirming that i'm not denying that yeah they end up and, like switching roles and pretending to be each other mm-hmm. and they're not to saying who has the alibi and who does not yep so, so they make it really hard it was it was good. It was interesting. It was that was one of the more like uh, uh, different ones that I that I've seen because sometimes you know like I love noir and 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 everything, but I feel like sometimes they can kind of run together just because they are so similar in yeah. plots. Like mm-hmm. you know maybe like a heist gone wrong, or it mm-hmm. could be you know there's. Well, this... I mean, like we were talking about crisscross and out of the past are very similar. Yeah, out of the past is one that we're talking about next, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one is kind of with with the element of the the two sisters who are. Um, you know, you don't know which one did it. And at, and at some points in the movie, you're not really even sure if the sisters know which one did it or not. Because mm-hmm. it's very, you know, it just kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. And it's, uh, it's pretty suspenseful. So that one is called, again, The Dark Mirror. And it's directed by Robert Siedmack, if I'm saying that name right. <laughs> I have no idea. I, uh, yeah, I got to figure out how to say his name. I honestly don't know. It's kind of tricky. But anyway... So, uh, the last of our noir kick is one called Out of the Past, and I really like this one a lot. It stars Robert Mitchum, uh, who was awesome, and uh, Jacques Turner uh, directed it, another Jacques Turner one. Um, so, yeah, this um, this one was pretty cool. Um, it is about a private eye who tries to uh, escape his past and he ends up running this gas station in this really small town and then people from his past catch up to him and it kind of takes you on a wild ride from there. Basically, um, he was a, Jeff was a private eye um, and he was hired by Sterling, this man Sterling, to find his mistress Kathy who, who shot, um, who shot him and basically uh, left with $40,000. So then Jeff is hired to find her and ends up falling in love mm-hmm. with her. Yep. And yeah. It, it's kind of like crisscross. They have this like weird, like, is, is the woman lover, is she, you know, on his side or is she on her, you know, yeah. husband's side or yeah. Who's, who's, who's yeah. side are you on? And that, and that makes it interesting just because you don't know, like you, you want to trust her because, you know, he trusts her. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, also at the same time, don't trust her because yeah. she's making it too easy for you to trust her. You yeah, know, something's, something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, 
It was pretty interesting, though. Very twisty. I wasn't sure which way it would go. Yeah, I wasn't. There's there's several different twists and turns, and then there's about you know probably four twists where you're like, you know, is that the ending? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it's funny how these days, like a lot of movies that we watch, I can I can kind of guess the ending or the plot, but sometimes with these noir movies, I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, it literally could go anyway. Yeah, and that's one of those ones that you know could go anyway. So. Um, I'd love to see a remake of this one. Yeah, I feel like if they could, if they kind of. I feel like it'd be harder because it's a modern. They would have to put a modern twist on it, and I'm not really sure how they could put a twist on it with all the face recognition technology. Yeah, and, you know, the crime scene investigation is really amped up since you know. That's that's then, true. So yeah, I don't really know if they could remake. <clears throat> it, I feel like if you kind of just or left they did out, it as a timepiece, yeah, you know? like a period piece, yeah, yeah you mm-hmm. could do that and, and just have you know this the the cinematography would be, you know, then the sound and everything would be a lot more updated. But mm-hmm. just to kind of do like a period piece like that would be kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is out of the past, and so we're gonna move on to the two that we saw last night at at uh, the drive-in theater, and uh, that was my first drive-in experience. It was pretty cool. We mm-hmm. went to the starlight drive-in uh here in atlanta and um it was a great experience it was it was other fun. than the the headlights <laughs> you know you we always talk about moviegoers and how other movie patrons um can be a little annoying you know especially on a full night even like movie theater yeah. etiquette and that kind of stuff and that extends to the drive-in experience it so does. just because people are in their cars doesn't mean that they are going to know how to act yeah um headlights like, were turning on and off <laughs> and people were in and out of their cars and People just like would turn their blinkers on and stuff. It, it, and I mean, it was like it eventually stopped, but it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like turn your lights off. You're was, driving. It was pretty persistent through the second feature. Though. That's true. Yeah. Pretty, through the second yeah. Which, but, and it was a dark movie, so all the headlights needed to be off. So there yeah. were some details that we probably missed. Yeah. And uh, both of these I'm going to pick up when they when they come out on uh, Blu-ray, which is really soon. So anyway, mm-hmm. the two movies uh, that we saw were The Hunt and The Invisible Man. And these are two that we've been wanting to see forever. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a really great time with both. I feel like it was they played well together, mm-hmm. even though they were very different. And I think that's why they played so well together yeah. um, is because, you know, so we'll start with The Hunt. And basically, um, it's like a very, very dark comedy uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of blood. Yeah, <laughs> 12 people are kidnapped and sent to this ranch in a foreign country where they're hunted by... Um, would you say like rich elitists? Yeah, I think I feel like that's fair. That's a fair way to put yeah. it, and especially want to stay clear of spoiler territory for mm-hmm. these because they are so new. And with yeah. everything being shut down, probably a lot of people haven't had a chance to see these yet. Um, but yeah, like what you said was pretty perfect. That mm-hmm. they're kind of these elitist sort of people, and they're hunted for sport. Uh, which sounds incredibly dark, and it is dark, but it also has a really, really like lighthearted, joking tone yeah. throughout oh, a lot yeah. of the movie, even though it is really gory. Um, the gore, and I told you this last night, this is going to be a really weird statement, but the gore is fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's like, and I told you last night as well, it's kind of like um, the gore in The Kingsman, mm-hmm. you know, how yeah. it's like, oh my gosh. Where it, sometimes it's happened. just so over the top, it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you laugh a little bit. Yeah, or like yeah. or like um, The Expendables, mm-hmm. you know, how yeah. it's very over the top and like, yeah. well. Like, yeah, know. that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is... There's different tones, and I feel like if the tone was, like, this easily could have been a very, very, like, disturbing movie to watch Mm -hmm. if the tone was more, like, 
sinister, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if this is the right word or not, but you know, if it was if it wasn't as playful as it is, it easily could have mm. turned into like well, a like, kind of hard to watch movie. Well, like the Goran saw, you know, yeah. is different from the Goran in this movie because of the context. Because of the yeah. con, yeah, because of the context. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, it, it was good. Um, you know, they kind of. Uh, they kind of start off uh, well, they wake up in a field and, and then they find the keys to they have gags in their mouth and they kind of one character finds the keys and they get the gags off and they start talking and they're trying to figure out why they're there and who put them there and how they ended up there and where they are um, mm-hmm. kind of like a adult Hunger Games yeah, uh, at the beginning because <laughs> they wake up and they're in the mm-hmm. field and, and then people start shooting at them and, yeah, then, and there's just this box in the middle it's like the cornucopia yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, there's a lot more that I want to talk about but I feel like if I say like one thing it's going to lead to another which is yeah. like the rest of it because yeah. there's not a lot like it, it. it's so short and it gets going so quickly it that it's a fast paced movie um, mm-hmm. if, I, if we really say anything else about it we're getting into spoiler territory I mm-hmm. feel like um, oh, yeah. but yeah it was good um Definitely a lot of um, political, social yeah, commentary, social. and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of it. Like it's it's not it's not subtle, but it, it I also didn't really feel like it was heavy handed either. Yeah, um, it mm-hmm. was like they did a great job of balancing yeah. that out and making it seem really tongue in cheek. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, like I feel like if if it was very like no, this is how it is, then yeah. it could have it, it could have easily come off kind of like kind like of like heavy handed. Serious political statement. Just kidding. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and and they also did a good job of kind of like playing on both sides of it mm-hmm. on the like the I don't know, like the the Democrat and Republican sort of side, you know. Yeah, they're they kinda, radical. Yeah, yeah. Like they showed the radical how radical like being a very a radical Democrat or a radical Republican are not good. Like mm-hmm. you just kind of be you should be in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like a normal Republican or a normal Democrat or a normal whatever, you or know, just you, a normal or just human. a normal human in general. I think that was kind of the point of it is mm-hmm. to show that being a radical whatever is not good and just be like a normal human. Just because you have somebody who votes differently or looks differently or talks differently than you doesn't mean that they're your enemy. It also kind of <laughs> goes into the commentary of justifying behavior, like what makes certain behavior justified. Right. You know? And it's, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, I didn't like what you did, so I'm going to hurt you. Or, you know, I, I didn't like the way that you said that to me, so me being mean to you is now justified. Yeah. Kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that. And things in, are, like, personal, you know, like, you know, so-and-so cut me off on the interstate, you know, they, yeah. they had a vendetta against me or right. whatever. It's, it, it explores that culture a lot. It um, does. Yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we that, should probably move on before we have more spoilers. <laughs> we talk anymore about it. <laughs> yeah, I think we did pretty good there. I don't I think, think we so. had any spoilers. Yeah. So. Um, and definitely want to steer clear of spoilers for this one because mm-hmm. this is another movie where the less you know about it going in, the better it is. Mm-hmm. And we had a, several moments where we were just like, oh my gosh, that happened? Yeah. Like, and uh, we We're talking about The Invisible Man. Yeah, FYI, mm-hmm. yeah. A Blumhouse we just kinda, double feature for us. Thanks, Blumhouse. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> so, um, sponsors. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had a great time with this one. It was, um, man, it was just so good. Um, really intense. Really, really intense. It, it really rode that line between psychological thriller and horror it did. story. Yeah, it did. It did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it is about uh, a woman who is in an abusive relationship and she is kind of desperately trying to to get out of that relationship 
And um, you can say uh, this part was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so she runs away, um, and then a few weeks later, she finds out that her husband boyfriend doesn't really. Say, yeah, it doesn't really say. Um, kills himself and leaves her with five million of his. Uh, five million dollars. Yeah, five million dollars. And um, uh, yeah, and that's in the trailer. Yeah, so that's basically all we could really tell you about. Yeah, the when plot and when and she, um, when they're reading the will, he he also kind of says. You know this. This money is yours. It'll be deposited into your bank account. A hundred thousand dollars a month uh, for like roughly the next four years, mm-hmm. and it's contingent upon um, just you being like a good person, not committing any crimes, not um, getting into any sort of trouble. And there's a couple more sort of contingencies that um, that kind of relies upon uh, her getting the money or not. And so, um, yeah. That so basically. Um, once she is out of the, the uh, uh, you know, once she is, is out of that relationship and she finds out that he's dead, um, she he she kind of starts seeing these signs of him still being around her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, little things like she she leaves a, um, a, pan, a, on a pan on the stove and comes back and the heat is like cranked up and it's been it, it caught on fire, things like that. And then um Starts off, little, Starts off things. little subtle things and then, you know, of course, ramps up later on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just really, really good. You, it, it had a lot of twists and turns and you didn't really know where it was going to go or how it was going to end. And, how it was going to resolve. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just mm-hmm. lots of lots of really, really good stuff. Lots of there was a couple of scenes where we actually gasped. I don't think I've gasped, gasped in a movie like that in a long time where yeah, I was just like, oh, what? Shocking. That just happened? Yeah. Um, but yeah, super good. Uh, directed by Lee wan uh, which speaking of Saw, um, that was uh, one of his first features, I believe. If not, oh. the oh, no, that was directed by James Wan, but written by Lee wan mm. And um, he also did, um, he directed Upgrade, which was fantastic. And we were talking about that sort of... Uh, the like shilt tift kind of camera angles tilt shift that yeah that sorry the <laughs> <laughs> shilt shilt po body's nerfect <laughs> exactly the tilt shift excuse me <laughs> uh camera angles where you know the a character will will have some sort of physical movement and the camera totally tilts with them and follows them that did a lot in upgrade and um that kind of makes sense now that i just um you know because he directed this as well mm-hmm. and uh he did he wrote for Insidious, um, and I believe he ended up directing some of the Insidious movies as well. Yeah, he directed Chapter 3, it looks like. And, um, yeah, but it was just super, super good. Really, really enjoyed this one a lot, and that will be a, a purchase for me uh, as soon as it comes out. So, mm-hmm. very excited and uh, for that to, to come out and for mm-hmm. The Hunt to come out to own those and be able to watch them. I feel like both of those movies I could just watch at any time. And yeah. I'm sure once we can watch The Invisible Man at home uh we can we'll probably be able to see lots more little details that we missed i feel yeah. like that's a i feel like it's probably one of those so watch details. the background sort of movies yeah kind of yeah. like um hill house i had so much fun with hill house watching the background mm-hmm. and i love whenever they put that kind of detail in i just feel like it's like a little like a little love letter yeah you know to the people who love the background whenever the directors take the time to do something like that yeah i think the people who notice it, it's so effective it's yep. so effective i absolutely <laughs> it's agree. like those um like if you notice when you see it mm-hmm. type things there's a lot of like horror element to it i've jump scared myself looking at those pictures sometimes <laughs> so yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had a fun little double feature. Been watching lots of movies lately, getting caught up on older stuff, and yeah, just written some movies and watching some. We got a whole backlog of stuff that we can watch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we'll have a new episode coming out for you. I'm sure sooner rather than later. But uh, for now, hopefully, we've given you guys something that you can you can watch and uh, find some new stuff that maybe you haven't heard of, and mm-hmm. yeah, just make your you're staying at home a little bit better. (laughs) So I think that's about it for this episode. Um, Be sure to follow us on Instagram and uh, leave us a little review on on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you prefer. And uh, we'll be back shortly with a new one. Bye for now.